Hi, this is David from Slovakia and the Euroch Fan Club, and this is Prohockey News Podcast. Go, Fs, go! Welcome in to another edition of the Pro Hockey News Podcast. This edition of the Pro Hockey News Podcast brought to you by the Chicago Wolves Merchandise Store. Go to chicagowolvesstore.com to get your merchandise with their great logos. Put in the code PHN15 to receive a discount. Once again, chicagowolvesstore.com, promo code PHN15. Adam Minnick, along with my fellow first liners, our producer Richard Cote, Lonnie Goldsmith, the co-host. We're back and uh, to the normal rotation. If you will, starting off, Richard is uh, got his off-season conditioning in, so he's ready to double shift throughout the year. Jacob and Lou will be with you next week, just like the NHL 2021 season. That's what I'm calling it because it didn't happen in 20. The 21 season is underway. Gentlemen, we're uh, recording this on Thursday, so we're five games into the season. Overreaction Friday coming up after tonight, you know, and all the games. <laughs> oh, I, I, I don't, I, obviously, I don't know what tonight's games are going to hold in store because I'm not clairvoyant, but I know last night's games, what I watched of them, you, you saw teams that clearly did not have a preseason. You also saw teams that didn't have a preseason that aren't going to be good even with a preseason. That's correct. But, <laughs> but, but there was even in like there, there were stages of that, that Philly Pittsburgh game last night where it was clear that oh. they had not played against anybody in a really long time. I mean, that was some ragged, ragged stuff. That said, it was so fun to have hockey back. It was, it was, uh, the Canadian division started off with a bang in overtime. Um, Lightning crashes, folks, yeah, except it crashed on the Blackhawks. Holy <laughs> crud, did they look terrible. Uh, Canucks-Oilers were, were an interesting game. I caught a little bit of that one. I watched a lot of the Blues avalanche. Um, we'll get to our Stanley Cup picks, of course, on this one, but uh, my Stanley Cup pick did, did not look good. There's my little tease right there. Um, by the way, the NHL.com, thank God, they updated their, uh, their stuff with, with their, their app and all that. The three-minute recap that they've added on top of the condensed game this year is even better. So like condensed games are one thing. Now they got the three minute recap on top of it. It's so fun. So fun. I've always loved watching those game recaps. I'd I'd like to see how they reformat it. That'd be great. Yeah, It's pretty good. So yeah. And then uh, tonight, uh, Thursday, Friday, we got everything going. So basically everybody uh, besides Dallas and Florida are going to be underway by the time this post to the world. So uh, kudos to the NHL, by the way, on their media site on NHL.com. They are going to be listing the COVID protocol-related absences. That's how they're going to call it. So we've got, uh, you know, 13 players that are out uh, already amongst the league. Um, They're going to have a dashboard, they said, updated on NHL.com for the public. So, Lonnie, kudos to the NHL for just kind of, you know, being forward with this. I think it's great, and I think in a lot of ways they're learning from what's happening in the NBA right now with the massive amounts of cancellations that they're, they're uh, starting to ramp up in. And obviously it's never good when you have to start postponing games before the season's even started as is the case with Dallas. But uh, you know, at least they're being transparent. You know, I have said to you, I've said to others before, like this is a, this is a public, health crisis. This goes beyond the standard injury reporting. And I think with more information that can be put out to the world with respect to, to the virus, the better, even if it's in, even, you know, even if it's for something as silly as uh, hockey. Yeah. So, okay guys, uh, you guys both watched some hockey last night on, on the NBC and the center ice and all that good stuff. What, uh, Richard, stood out to you most that you noticed last night? Anything jump out to you? I think it was uh, kind of the the end of the uh, Toronto-Montreal game. Uh, You know, I was was really expecting Austin Matthews to make a little bit more of a presence than he did. Uh, And correct me if I'm wrong, I believe this is his first uh, season opener without a goal. Correct. In his short career, but, um, he did get, uh, an assist on the final, the, the game winning goal, which, you know, okay. You got a hit a crossbar too <laughs> in the third. Yeah, he did. And, and a post. Yes. He did hit a post. Yeah. Um, so I, I was really expecting him to be a little bit more, uh, amped up for this. 
he tried. He, he didn't get it past the goaltender. Uh, Price was definitely on his game. Um, but, no, I, I was really uh, – I was just excited to see some hockey. Lonnie? You know, Same I think – what's interesting, uh, you meant, you talk about Matthews, Richard. Toronto is one of those th- teams where when it's all clicking right, it, it's almost a pick-your-poison kind of situation. Last night it was Nylander's turn. You know, they're a loaded, loaded team. I mean, very top-heavy loaded, but, like – you know, if Matthews isn't clicking, there are any number of very, very expensive hockey players on that team <laughs> who, who can pick up the slack for him. And I think, that, you know, that's what happened last night. Um, nice, nice comeback for them. Uh, it's a nice win. You know, and I think the interesting thing, you know, especially this season, the way the divisions break down, I'm going to be really interested to see how the chippiness factor starts playing in because it's all with you know it's all divisional play so you're going to you're going to get even more of those divi- you know those sort of heated rivalry games than you you even normally would so you know Pittsburgh Philly Montreal Toronto I'm sure Toronto Ottawa will get in the mix you know Calgary Edmonton's going to get uh get chippy you know, I, I think those are going to be the fun things to watch as the season goes on, as people really start getting tired of seeing the same team over and over and over. It, it, so I'm going to take a different approach. What, what I noticed most last night, guys, the overt, on-screen, open talk about gambling. I mean, especially Eddie Olchek. I mean, we, we know that, but but the the odds for the MVP that was shown almost game, the the odds for the Stanley Cup, how in the Blackhawks Tampa Bay game they talked about the Hawks odds jump because a lot of people are putting money on the plus one thousand or hundred to one, if depending on what you want to call it. it, the overtness of gambling being around hockey to me was present, and and they had it at least on NBC. Can't obviously speak to Correct. Rogers or what you saw on the local broadcast, Adam there in St. Louis or Richard in. There was no Denver. local broadcast. Last night, oh, that's true. Yeah. It was national, so you don't have to worry about it. But yeah, even on the ticker too, it was well, you. You actually, had the odds running in the ticker, yeah. not just for the games themselves, but for the you know for season awards as we sort of launch into the season and get going. And actually, we are going to see it on the local broadcast because their Fox Sports Midwest is now Bailey's. Or Bally's, I mean, not Bally's. Bally's, yeah. Bally's, I mean, so, I mean, they've been rebranded as right. a sports and, book. And, 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 you know, as yeah. I said to you, watching one of the Red Wings scrimmages on their website last week was the, the Bet MGM logo yep. is, uh, is on the ice in one of the corners. I will say the, the advertising, the, the, um, the, the, the hologram, if you will, that they put behind, the, the advertising behind the blue lines... <laughs> To me, and the Adidas logos, and this was something that Greg Wyshynski from ESPN pointed out on his Twitter feed this morning, the Adidas banner running along the bottom of the boards was way more obnoxious to me than the helmets, than the helmet ads. That was only in Tampa, though. The Adidas, it, wasn't I it? think it's a couple other venues. I've seen on Twitter some pregame skates where they've had I thought that was really Yeah, I didn't like it. I, I only noticed it in Tampa. Okay. Now the, it it definitely, the blue, it's, it just hits your eye at yeah. right, just the right spot on some of those camera angles. I thought it was obnoxious. Yeah, but the, the blue line ad didn't, doesn't, first of all, I thought it was an in ice ad at first until then I saw a change. Right. You know, it, but think about it. Opening night, they usually put a blue line underlay in the ice by the NHL. The playoffs, they do it they, for special. I mean, to me, the blue line thing is very, I don't care it, about it's that the one. Ch- it's the changing ad that sort of, that, I don't know what it is. I know I'm used to seeing it behind home plate. It's, it's better than on the glass. It's better than when they do it on the glass. I don't like the super or enclosed the glass. Or, or, oh, yeah. or when yeah. they have it on the netting. I, yeah. That I'll, okay, that I'll give you. I'm okay with them. The, yeah, no, the Adidas in Tampa. The Adidas in Tampa was bad, was though. I was not a fan. Yeah. But, yeah, I... I, I didn't get to see that game, so, okay. uh, yeah, yeah, I didn't get to see but that game. Yeah, you, you weren't missing much. Yeah, I, I, I true. yeah, <laughs> but I'm, uh, I'm a big uh, person in the sports betting is there. I mean, I think now, if I'm the NHL, I, uh, you know, I've got NBC. I want to do a little crossover. I want a little Chris Collinsworth on my NHL games. I mean, you know, instead of a teasing with Al Michaels, the over-under, let's get Al and Chris on an NHL, uh, you know, like, like the, the megacast version of a sports gambling, maybe a little Brenton Musburger in there as well. It would be a lovely thing. No? 
No, you got to find somebody who at least knows the game. It's not just about the the gambling. I mean, it works for those three because of their knowledge of football. Al knows hockey. Al could. Yeah. Al could Come do it. On. Al is a season ticket holder. <laughs> Al could make it work. I'm not sure I want to hear Musburger talking hockey. Let's stick to the Raiders. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> But yeah, that to me that was my interesting enough. I, I noticed that, you know, maybe because it was a, a bad game and, and and it was pushed up. But yeah, I, I thought. Uh, but kudos to them. You know, the the advertising. I don't. I saw it on the helmets. Some are bigger than others. I don't care. Like, let's generate money. So here's why I've now become pro ads. I don't want them all over the jersey. I don't want them in the face off circles and all that. But I'm okay with the little ones right now. You do need to stop before it goes too far. The number of players yesterday that couldn't play in their opener because of salary cap issues, like Jordan Cairo for the Blues, had to be put on the NHL non-play list. And then he got called up today before game two versus them because they needed a day of him on because the way the salary cap works before the LTIR came in with Tarasenko. We have a salary cap problem in the NHL. The salary cap is too low. The contracts that were signed were, were supposed to be escalators. It's a, it's a problem in the sport, folks, that it's not a problem you're not going to see dynasties. It's a problem that good teams are going to be bad sooner than later. It, it, and, it's, and bad teams may not get good is the problem if they don't have good management. So to me, you need a revenue generator because we need another five, six, seven million on this salary cap. No question. I mean, and... In you know, those contracts that were signed when when things were, were great and the cap was escalating at a decent percentage every year. I mean, as we learned, all it takes is one pandemic to put a, put the brakes on a season, keep fans out of the building. It's going to be really, really tough on a lot of markets. And we're going fi- to we're going to figure out which ones pretty quick are the teams that want to spend and don't mind spending and those who are less inclined to to take big swings or or even just the teams that can spend yeah yeah because you're going to get some teams that without fans are going to lose money i mean interesting so really interesting thing that kind of came out late that that we kind of i don't think we addressed but uh you got to split ownership how ownership's treating pandemic and fans in florida Tampa, uh, for the good of the community, is not allowing fans in. They don't think it's appropriate and all that. Their ownership came out. Florida is going to allow, I think, four or 5,000 fans yeah. a game down in Sunrise. So it, just interesting within the state where it is allowed that Tampa's choosing no fans in this economic climate. You know, and it's really interesting. I mean, I'll put my biases about those two cities aside. I would have figured um, it would have been the other way around. The Tampa would have let fans in and Florida would, would not – South Florida versus Central Florida. I figured that they would have let, you know, Tampa would have been all in on letting people in. But, you know, I I do think it probably speaks more to the ownership and the team's financial situations than anything. Yep. Florida needs 4,000, 5,000 fans a game. They need anything they can get. Yeah, so opening night uh, is is in the books. Uh, you know, we, we talked about you know, a lot of a lot of different things that went on. Like I said, I think the game of the night was probably the uh, the original six battle in Toronto and Montreal. Um, any, I mean, we, you know, it's it's funny, Lonnie. You'll appreciate this as I was kind of going around looking at pictures. Um, I was really confused by your team, the, the Detroit Red Wings of why they were sponsored on their helmet by university of Wisconsin, Milwaukee. (laughs) I I was like, why is UWM? Okay. So I grew up in Chicago an hour or so from Milwaukee, UW Milwaukee. It's a thing, you know, in the Northern suburbs of Chicago. And then I'm like, why would a Detroit hockey be sponsored by Apparently, UWM is a mortgage company. It is a mortgage company. <laughs> it is a mortgage company. Um, yeah, which, I, I mean, listen, I've been out of Detroit a long time. I did not know it was a mortgage company either. Um, but you didn't think, did you think of UW-Milwaukee like I did? Well, no, because the first article I read about it, when I read that they had a home sponsor, I saw it okay. as UWM, a local you know, mortgage company. Um, they've got some, you know, they got some spots on the dashboards and i think maybe one of the corners they have also on the ice yeah i, I was i was i'm like why, why? I, I will what, say that is michigan or michigan state not ponying up what the heck's going on here well, it's funny though <laughs> but like we like we talked about this adam um, uh you know in between our pod recording you know between this recording and the previous one it, at least they've gone outside of the ownership group 
Yes. They did, yeah, they went a little out, you know, as opposed to the Blues who have, you know, just pouring more money from the owner into the helmet yeah, exactly. as opposed to going outside of the, uh, going, going outside the ownership group for money. Outside the mishpacha instead of in, you know, that's, that's, right. uh, that's what it is. So, uh, Richard, you know, let's, let, let's jump on your team a bit. Uh, I, I still, I mean, it's the have and have not division more than any other out there. Uh, two of the top teams, Jared Bednar had a really interesting quote today, which I think puts the season in perspective. Kind of want to get your take. He talked about, the question was about uh, how do you approach it with the series season coming on, you know, two, three or four games versus a team. Mm-hmm. I, I think and he talked about a playoff where you, you make tweaks because it's this and that. So what I, I actually think the reason I'm big on Colorado this year, I think he's one of the best in-game coaches. I think the difference this year is going to be the in-game coaching and the game-to-game, that, that short turnaround versus the same team. The smartest coaches, I think, are going to get more wins than usual this year in terms of win differences. Oh, absolutely. Um, ever since uh, they, they brought in Bednar to, to come and fill the gap from uh, Patrick Waugh's you know, dismissal, um, th- this team has seen just a sudden just turnaround from, you know, one of the worst teams in the West to one of the front runners. And he, he has managed the game extremely well, you know, not just game to game, but within a single game. So, um, yeah, I'm, I'm really excited to see what he does moving forward and, you know, moving beyond Colorado, even like coaches like, you know, uh, trots over in New York, um, that's why I have a lot of faith in the Islanders doing so well in their division out in, out in the East. Um, yeah, I, I totally agree. I think, you know, these types of coaches who are able to manage a game within the game uh, are, are absolutely uh, going to be taking advantage of this shortened season. Lonnie, I mean, you've... Uh you've talked about it. I mean, you've always been a big college guy. So, you know, you see you're used to this in season schedule since, since you were a kid and all that at the back to back. I mean, are we going to learn, I don't want to say coaches can get fired sooner than later. I mean, the Blackhawks extending Colleton the other day shows you that there's not going to be snap judgments by a lot of these teams in this economic climate, I think is part of it, but does it, is it going to expose some coaches maybe that we thought were good, but aren't? Potentially, um, you know, I, I think it's going to, you know, the, the, the it's, le- I think it's less about the in game and more about the, the, the day to day adjustments, those off day adjustments that you make and those little tweaks you have some, it, it is almost college like in the flexibility you have because you have a, you know, the taxi squad that you're going to bring with you. you. You do have that flexibility to tweak your lineup and mess with your lineup a little bit. And it's just sort of those subtle those little touches you can do just pushing the right buttons and the right in the off days to bring in somebody, um, you know, give somebody who's maybe a little tired, maybe at a, you know, bad night, you can pull him out and bring somebody, uh, bring somebody else in for the second, particularly if it's, it, you know, if they have a bad night on the first game, you can bring bring somebody new in the second game, it, which I think you, you see some in college where to a degree, those top six, you know, are pretty much untouchable. And it's those bottom six where you'll maybe get a little more rotation um, out of the taxi squad in college. And I think you're going to see similar things uh, in the NHL this year too. So I was looking through some of the historicals of, of coaches and playoff winning percentages and whatnot. Uh, in terms of active coaches, technically Travis Green has the best winning percentage. He's only done it in 17 games. 10 and seven, but in coaches of note that have, you know, many games, let's, let's go, you know, like 30 plus, uh, John Cooper at a 581 winning percentage, Peter DeBoer, uh, 558, by the way, he's had 104 playoff games. That kind of sneaks up on you. A wow. Bit. Mike Sullivan, 553, Lindy Ruff, 550, um, Claude Julian, 548, along with Rick Bonus at, at 548 and Jared Bednar, 545. Uh, and then Quenville kind of rounds it out at 543. And then there's a big drop kind of to the next group of guys. Um, it, it, nothing would surprise me about those names and, and success of the, the team, if you will. 
Um, you know, a lot, I, I can't figure out the Canucks, but you know, okay. So Travis Green had success. We know, I mean, John Cooper, I think he's been successful. Um, <laughs> just, just, just rumors. I think he's done. Okay. Yeah. Peter DeBoer. Uh, yeah. He's had a good run since he, uh, landed in Vegas. Uh, Mike Sullivan. Yeah. Not, not, pretty good first year. That Pittsburgh year that he uh, was in the playoffs. Uh, Lindy Ruff historical. Um, and then, you know, uh, kind of on hard times, but can he write Buffalo? Maybe these back-to-backs. I mean, you can't argue Claude Julian's success. No. And then Rick Bonus, you know, Jared Bednar we mentioned, and Joe, Joe Quinville's Joe Quinville, you know, when you, when you were in a triple cut of cups. But, you know, I think those names, I mean, and those are, you look at those teams, and, and really I think Vancouver and Florida and Buffalo are probably the three like, eh, are they going to do it? And, and you look at the other guys and the teams that we mentioned, it's like, yeah, that, that, that's, that's pretty solid. I probably don't want to play them back-to-back nights or a three-game series in the middle of a season. Yeah, I mean, there's definitely, you know, I think, you know, Adam, you and I obviously have a particular interest of, in, in the Central Division, of course, and it's, I mean, our, our teams are not anything to write home about, but, you know, the rest of that, you know, much of the rest of the division is, I mean, it's a pretty loaded top half of the division that's going to... Yeah. You know, two really, one really good, te- you know, one or two really good teams are going to miss the playoffs. Um, that division is loaded with with good coaching, and it's guys who make uh, adjustments, and, and it's guys with a track record who aren't afraid to, to mix things up. You don't have the luxury this year, like you would in a normal season, of of riding out a you know a big slide. Um. Where if you've got a you you gotta push the button to to make a move to try to get something generated in your team to to change your fortunes, you don't have the luxury of waiting to see how it's going to play out on its own with your core guys, and you've got guys with track record who who aren't afraid to do that, and you know, which, which is why I really fear for just how awful Adam our two teams are going to be this year. <laughs> Because not just personnel-wise, I think coach-wise, they're just in over their head in this format. I don't even want to talk about that. We're not going to talk about it anymore. Uh, is uh, that why you crossed out in the, in the rundown there? Oh, did uh, I do that? Did that uh, get crossed out in the rundown? I, I didn't notice that. Other than, the, other than the fact that I did text Adam and say that it was pretty unfair that last night that it was pretty unfair <laughs> that both Tampa and Carolina get preseason games and nobody else does. hey <laughs> Kind of news that's starting to break out of the Columbus. Um, the, Jordan, the John Tortorella Kingdom um, has another defector on their hands. Uh, Pierre-Luc Dubois, who I believe in late December, Lonnie, was it December 30th? December 31st. Happy 31st. New Year's. Yes. Signed a, a contract extension with uh, said Blue Jackets. Uh, now wants out. And apparently he's asking to be traded specifically to the Canadiens. Uh, John Tortorelli in his sixth season. Uh, we, we lost a couple guys last year. Uh, Bobrovsky, one of them. Panarin wanted out. Uh, now we've got two on the books already this year that want out. And by the way, Pierre-Luc Dubois is the top-line guy. <laughs> He's expected to be on the top line tonight versus Nashville to start the season after asking out. The most damning thing to me in this is the quotes that are in the piece on nhl.com like that first of all tortorella put out to the world that he wants out um and i mean this is a 22 year old kid who's really 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 good um but tortorella's quote says dubois has had a good camp but it's a short leash with me as far as this is concerned he needs to continue to do the things to help the team win and be the best teammate he can be or I'm not sure where it goes. It's a situation and we'll go day by day. He's 22 years old. He's probably the best player on your team. I don't understand on the eve of a season in a really hard division while you're going out and like publicly alienating your best player that way. It just feels like a maybe not the best motivational tactic. Because it's Tortorella. It feels like the easy answer, though. Uh, I mean, it, it is the easy answer, but it, <laughs> it is the answer. It is the I answer. Mean, You're absolutely right. This, guy, this guy has a track record of, you know, not doing what coaches should do to motivate their team or really anybody else. Yes. 
Wow, that, that was like a loaded unpacking there, that statement. <laughs> <laughs> it's so, you know, it's a shortened season. Um, they're a team that needs fans to make, every team needs fans to make money, but I think they're a more financial issued team without fans in the building. Um, you know, the cannon can only fire so many times before you got to pay the bills on it, right? Um, right. The question becomes is when do you want to stop losing players and want to change your coach? Well, I mean, if I'm if if I'm the Blue Jackets, I change the coach as soon as possible. Now, that said, it probably should have happened before we got into the season because, like you said, it's six years of Tortorella is like, you know, 15 with a normal coach. He just sort of grates on you. But, like, this is a pretty good young roster. I mean, they've got the couple of, you know, couple of good 30-somethings that I think are the kind of guys you want on your team, uh, one of whom is your captain in the last year of a deal. But, you know, you've got a, you got a pretty young team. You've got a little bit of cap space to play with. Um you got some exciting young talent. You've got an absolutely fantastic top two on your blue line. Like, I'm not sure why you're screwing around with Tortorella and this nonsense anymore. So you guys know I'm big into patterns and, and history when it comes to this stuff. Yes. And I get kind of nerdy with stats. Okay, so Tortorella started in Tampa Bay for seven years. Fifth place, these are divisions. Fifth place, third place, first, first with a Stanley Cup, second, second, Fifth, fired after the season. Mid-year comes into the Rangers, fourth. First full year, fourth, third, first, second, fired halfway through the season. Or fired at the end of the season, sorry, that was the lockout year. Okay? So, seven years Tampa, six years New York. There was a holdover in in Vancouver in the coach trade. We'll, We'll skip that year. Columbus, eight, three, four, Five, four. Made the play is, is 13 and 18 in the playoffs with Columbus. He, he hasn't had the trajectory that he's had with his other. I mean, like Tampa and New York are very similar in the trajectory of the up and down of kind of how he did. You know, he crescendoed in his second year, if you will, with CBJ. And now that you've just kind of meddled for a bit. He he has, and, and it's really interesting. I mean, you look back, his last year in Tampa, not only was he, he um, was he fifth in the, fifth in the mm-hmm. Southeast? Fifth in the Southeast is, is dead last. He was dead last mm-hmm. in the East. He was behind Atlanta his last year in Tampa. I mean, let's, I think, lay out just how bad a season that was. And I don't know all of the dynamics that went into it. I have not done the deep dive on that season. But, like, that's a – safe to say, anytime you finish behind Atlanta, uh, that's not great. Well, not only behind Atlanta, he was literally the worst team in the league. He tied for points with the Kings, but the Kings had an extra win. Yeah. They literally were the worst team in the league that year. And, After and, Yeah. I mean, and they had, you know, they still had Le Cavalier and San Louis in their prime – um, you know, that was still a pretty, you know, couple of good guys to, to lead your squad. And they were, awful. they got an, oh, 92 point season out of Vinny. Yeah. St. Louis had an 83 point season. It, it dropped off where the Brad Richards was, was still there with 18 and 33 on the year. Uh, took a, uh, got runner up to the green jacket on that team with a minus 25 as the second line center. I, I mean, you know, in net, the problem was, I mean, they had nobody in net. They, they, had, a, they had a young Mike Smith there, yeah. uh, a Kari Ramo, and a, I, if, okay, if you would have asked me the starting goaltender, I don't think I would have gotten this in 100 tries. Johan Holmquist. No, no chance. Yep. yep. 20, 20 and 16, by the way. <laughs> they're, With they're, an 890 save percentage. Their consolation prize for that season? Their consolation would have been been the draft pick the following year that would have been dang it who was the 20 2008 first round pick that's where you're going with this right that is where i'm going with this 
But he's old now because that was 2008. That's so long ago. He is old now. Is he still, he's not on Tampa? Who, who team is he on now? He's still on Tampa. Still, still on Tampa. Richard? Oh, Steven Stamkos. Steven Stamkos. Stam- okay, there you go. By, by the way, that, the top four in that draft, Stamkos, Doty, Zach Bogosian, Alex Petrangelo is your top, top four. That, that wasn't bad. That's, <laughs> I mean, that t- I mean, fifth was Luke Shen, sixth Nikita Filatov. Again, Columbus, that's, you know, that's not a good pick. But, but by the way, the 07-08 season, um, by the way, it's the last time the Red Wings were good. Um, no, 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 no. We were Western Conference <laughs> champions the next year. Okay. Yeah. Um, but some names, okay, you think that's so long ago. Do you guys know who led the league in points and goals that year? Uh, it's really not hard. It was Ovi, right? Yeah, it was Ovi. <laughs> uh, Jumbo Joe Thornton led an assist. The more things change. Yeah, uh, Martin Brodeur was Vizina, so th- th- there's the old guy. Yes. Some young pup uh, had 21 goals and 51 points for the Calder Memorial by the name of Patrick Kane Jr. Don't know if you've heard of him. May have heard of him. Yeah, yeah. So he he was a rookie that year that the Tortorella. <laughs> yeah, but but so, some things never change. Alex Ovechkin was the points and goals leader. <laughs> it does. I mean, it, it grounds you, right? Hearing yeah. that, it feels like okay. There's some normalcy. Yeah, you know, like nor- normalcy is returned to the world when you when you hear stuff like that. That Ovi, <laughs> Ovi was yep. Ovi was winning Art Ross's. Uh, you know, yep. Fourteen seasons ago. Yeah, it's just like, oh, okay, you know, psh, eh, mm, eh, there we go. Yeah, we got go. Yeah, it's like, okay. Uh, speaking of Alex Ovechkin, we had a shortened season last year. We got a shortened season this year. Um, you know, he sits at 706 goals as we start this year. Eighth overall forever. Uh, Gretzky at 894. Hmm. What? You know, he's losing, basically, yeah, he's losing 20, let's see, 20 some games this year. We lost, so he's losing half a, half a season. season worth. Yeah, half a season. Richard, um, I know you're all over the Ovechkin watch, you know, kind of climbing up the ladder. <laughs> How much does this put a dent in his chances to catch uh, the great one? Oh, gee, I, I've been following this last few seasons. I mean, I, I think this this puts a major roadblock in his way. Like having, I mean, they, they've had shortened seasons during his career, you know, the lockout year, uh, the shortened season, of what was that? Oh, nine. Oh, Yeah. Um, and then of course the pandemic hits, we have shortened season last year. We have a little bit more than half a season this year. He was, he was at a position to at least compete for that record, having to score about 40 plus goals a, a season. And that was about four years ago. Now he's going to have to score at least 50 goals this season. That's going to be almost a goal a game. I'm thinking uh, unless he has a monster of a season this year and we get back to some normalcy in the next couple of seasons, I, I think he he has next to no chance to get near that record. Yeah, I mean, you could probably pencil him in for thirty this season at least. I mean, oh, yeah. very conservative. So he'll get so thirty puts him in the top five. Marcel Dion sits at seven thirty one, so he should finish the year top five. He's within Brett Hall striking distance, and Hall's at seven forty one. Mm-hmm. So I, I mean, he, he's right on there. Yager is the big jump. I mean, that, then he becomes the, the greatest European goal scorer. He's 60 behind Jager, so that's a next-year thing, we assume, mm-hmm. um, unless he just goes berserk this year. Um, you know, and then you still have over 100 to go to get to Gretzky, I mean, just to kind of put it into perspective. You know, he's a f- here's the thing, too. He has not been shy, Lonnie, that he wants to finish his career in the KHL, and he wants to go home. Yeah. 35 now, this is his last year of his contract. Well, I, 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 I think it's something to watch, especially as we have the uh, 22 Winter Olympics coming up also. And this is a guy who really, really, really likes to play for his country. 
Um, now, granted, there is no Russian flag, I believe, in the 22 Winter Olympics. They're still, Richard isn't shaking his head no. They're still paying. They're the athletes of something. They're the a- Ru- athletes yeah. of the Russian Federation, I believe, uh, paying the price for their drug, their uh, their dope, doping cheating uh, in, yep. in 2014 in Sochi. You know, I think the opportunity to play one more time, even if it's not under the Russian flag, I would, I, I think whether he sticks around after the season is really something to watch. And I think that's something that, that Leonsis and the cap ownership should be, uh, should be worried about that. This could be the last season he's here. Does he break Gretzky's NHL record? No. No, I think even before the shortened season last year and this year, I think that was a pipe dream. Yeah, I, you're on the right. Re- you you you've been on the on the record of no that you didn't think he would do it. I Richard think, and I both thought it was you know it was within reason. I think second is a possibility, but I mean, 93 goals separate Gretzky and yeah. Howe. It's just that's <laughs> just he, an he needs, unfathomable he f- number at this age. If you include this season, guys, he needs five seasons of 40 goals, basically is what it comes down to. He needs five more 40-goal seasons. Including a season, 30, inclu- including the season where there's only 56 games. Correct. At 35 correct. years old. At, at thir- 35. 35 through 40, basically. He's yeah. He's got to do that. Yep. I don't see it. I just don't see how he gets it done. Yeah, it's... I. I I guess the big thing, you know, can he catch Yager with 60 goals? I think maybe, you know, does he become the European goal scorer of all time? I think that's within reason. Because I, I don't think, think this is his last year. I think he sticks around the HL. I think he signs one more contract, I a think, two or three year deal. Well, well, if it's a two or three year deal, then, a, I mean, yes, it takes the Olympics out of play, but then it definitely puts, it puts at least second place in play. Um, the jump from, I mean, that's a average Ovechkin season to go from third to second. Yeah. So it's, it's, you know, the consequences of the, uh, of, of, you know, the pandemic and all that. It's just interesting to kind of put it on there. By the way, going through that list, um, which you can probably see it also, uh, the, the second leading active goal scorer was in, I did not expect this name. Oh, I, yeah, we, we talked about that in the offseason. That, that's, that's why it's... God, that, the offseason was, I know... Patrick Marlowe. Yeah, Patrick it just, Marlowe. I know the offseason just yeah. ended yesterday, technically, but it feels like <laughs> forever ago. Yes, Patrick Marlowe. And Patrick Marlowe is so far behind Ovechkin. Yeah, it's 562 for him versus seven. But, you know, he, he's going to jump up. Uh, he's, he's knocking on the door at top 20 going into next year. You know, he's only yeah. 40 away from the top 20. Yeah. So, yeah. It's, uh, it's quite interesting yeah. to, to see that, but what it does... Uh, by the way, the, the third guy is way down the list. I only have the way top 25 down. in front of me, so I don't yeah. even know who's... Sidney Crosby <laughs> is down at 56. Oof. Yeah. That's, that's a long way to go. Now, that, that, now Sidney Crosby's at 463. We all thought this was going to be his 500 year. It, it's not going to be his most likely. It's not going to be his 500 year this year. Only, uh, only if Carter Hart gives up goals like he did last night to Crosby. Uh, that's that's oh, true. Yeah. So, um, off the ice news, guys, uh, with uh, San Jose Shark forward Evander Kane. Uh, he's bankrupt. Mm-hmm. He signed a contract extension in 2018 at seven million, seven years, 49 million dollars. Uh, he filed Chapter Seven federal bankruptcy. In California, he oh he has a his debt li- detailed liabilities twenty six point eight million in assets because well he's got three homes that total up to ten point two million and part of the note says he may not even play this year he may opt out. Hmm. Can you afford to opt out if you're twenty six point eight million in debt and have uh, filed Chapter Seven bankruptcy? He may terminate his contract and may opt out as allowed under current rules because of health concerns given the recent birth of his first child. Here's he won't receive his salary. Yeah, boy. I mean, look, first of all, it's a sad situation. You see this mm-hmm. far too often with athletes in, in a lot of different sports where they're uh, 
I mean, this this may just be willful mismanagement on his own part, but you see athletes, you, you hear the stories all the time of athletes who get taken advantage of by some financial manager uh, or some, you know, advisor, uh, if you will. And, you know, y- you hope that the league starts, you know, unfortunately uses this as an example and starts doing more to help players, the, you know, as they come into the league and as they're coming up and as they're, I mean, they're seeing significant amounts of money for the first time in their lives that they start teaching them a little bit more about fiscal uh, responsibility and management and and that. Yeah, I mean, this one is tied to, I, I, so th- I mean, it gets it gets real hairy. Uh, Centennial Bank is one of the largest debtors. They actually sued him and the Sharks. They basically want to garnish his wages. He owes them eight point three million dollars. Um, he lists his earnings. I mean, this is the thing with the bankruptcy when it comes to something. You, you really get, uh, you know, unfortunately to see kind of the ugly side. He claims he makes negative ninety one thousand dollars a month. That's his income. Is a negative ninety one thousand. This is a guy that's earned over you know close to fifty three million in 11 years. Uh, the Cosmopolitan of Las Vegas. Yep. That's a casino folks. Uh, a lawsuit against Kane, uh, in the last 12 months, in the last 12 months, remember sports were not around for all of the last 12 months. He's lost 1.5 million in gambling. He has seven dependents living with him. His six month old daughter, his sister, his uncle, his mother, another uncle, his father and his grandmother. And, and, so, and this is, again, this is the kind of thing, you know, that is all too common in a lot of sports is the, the hangers on. Yep. You know, when you're, I don't want to, you know, play to stereotypes here, but this is a young black athlete. It was potentially the first, you know, and you see it here in the States too with American, you know, black American athletes too. They're often the first in their family to find that kind of windfall and you have to feel the responsibility or they get pressed into taking care of their relatives, all of their relatives and they get taken advantage of. And Mm -hmm. it seems like that is some of what is happening here. Although the, obviously the gambling debts look, you know, points to a whole other um, problem in, in Evander's life that hopefully he gets, straightened out also but yeah and he, he he does name his old agents into there um that helped him secure some loans so maybe he, he's gotten some bad advice that that's clear um you know, it just it brings up i mean the immediately uh who i think of richard recently is jack johnson you know where his parents yeah. just bled him dry from from the accounts you know that kind of came out and it's just you feel sorry for some of these these kids you know, when they come out, is it, they're just, they're getting bad, they're getting bad advice. Yeah. Um, I mean, I, I don't know if there's much more to say than, than that. Um, I, I don't know if this is something that maybe eventually the league ne- needs to get involved in and maybe try and offer up some resources for young kids coming in to help manage their know their income a little bit better i I don't know if it it needs to rise to that level but i mean some obviously something needs to be done because this does happen all too often i mean and to be clear i'm not suggesting that the league has any sort of fault in this particular case but in terms oh no 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 but in terms of the the long-term health you know financial health of the players like they need to like you know this is not you know this is not like pro other pro sports were, or at least with football and basketball where there, you have to go to at least a couple of years of college or at least nominally attend. But the, the players association of those other leagues have also been a lot more active in looking out for the players in, ter- in that regard. Well, and yeah, they and, get the rookie education courses that right, are required. Right. Right. You have these seminars, you have these crash courses in, in things like this, and you, you got to help these players, uh, you know, you at least have to try to give them the tools to surround themselves with better people and not make the kinds of decisions that lead to things like this. Yeah, so we'll, we'll definitely it'll be interesting to watch there. Uh, technically, he can't opt out. I mean, the December 24th was the opt-out time, so that's, there's some interesting NHL, CBA stuff that's going to have to get through, but, you know, we'll keep an eye on it here at uh, PHN. Richard, how's uh, your hockey equipment? You need any hockey equipment? You doing good on the hockey um, equipment? 
You know, I, I I wouldn't mind getting some new skates. You so should, that would be nice. You should go to prohockeynews.com. We got a link there for Verbero. You know, new entrant uh, into the space. They've got skates now. Verbero Hockey right there on prohockeynews.com. If you click on the link, you get a discount in your cart. Uh, depending on the item, changes that. But if you need hockey equipment, go to prohockeynews.com. Click on the banner ad for Verbero Hockey, proud sponsor here of the PHN podcast, and get yourself a discount on some new hockey equipment. So, you know, we'll get pictures of... Uh, of Cote there in the uh, in the new digs if he uh, if he pulls a trigger if he gets off his wallet you know yeah make, make, get their buckets I, I like I like their gloves they got cool looking gloves oh I'm gonna have to check those yeah, out check check out the Verbera. I can always use new gloves there you go check out the Verbera hockey link Lonnie you don't play anymore so you don't need equipment nope I don't yeah so he's he's a biker now he just bikes on a bike that goes nowhere and he stares at a screen because he's fancy <laughs> right do you, do you have a nice room to put it in. It is looking outside. It's, I, I wouldn't call it a, you know, it's not out of a Peloton ad, that's for sure. But Well, it's, it's not a Peloton. So it is not, why. well, it's not a Peloton bike, so it's okay. It, it shouldn't be a Peloton That's ad. right. I can't, no, I'd have to find a way nicer space if it was that bike. It is, you know, m- merely taking up space in our living room. So, uh, all good. There you go. There you go. So, yeah, so, um, News out of the ECHL um, in the not-so-surprising department. Indy Wheeling gets canceled for this coming weekend, rescheduled for April. Wheeling's got COVID cases. Mm. Not, you know, I, 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 everybody knows I love minor league hockey. It's going to happen in minor league hockey with guys that you're not paying a ton of money to for the most part. Very few guys, especially in the coast, are on actual two-way deals that are getting paid from the parent club. They're young. They're in their 20s. Guys... We're, we're, we're going to have this happen in the, in the coast and in the SPHL, not as much in the AHL. I think that'll be more controlled, but double A, single A hockey juniors. Eh, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. It's going to, it's going to be a tough year there. And, and, and anything beyond below the A is going to be a tough year. The, the big thing that's going to hurt the coast um, and the SP and if the federal gets going is if you get a team that either has left or is already in a city and then has to either quarantine there or they got to turn around and go back. You know, the travel budgets are large. Trust me in a minor league team. The biggest thing is the travel budget that, that hits you hard with, you know, with sub fans, you know, some of them are going to be okay because the, the arena capacity is about their average attendance. You know, the, the, the capacity down is some of their average attendance, which could work to their, you know, which will be fine. But if they start spending extra money on travel and having to make extra trips back and forth, it hits the budget, boys. It's it's going to be interesting. Yeah. You know the financial situation in the minor leagues is not uh, not uh, not easy. So. No, I mean, and that's in the. I mean, and you know this better than anyone here. In the best of times, that's the case. Oh yeah, oh yeah. And we are, we are far from those. We are not in the best of times yet. So, um, speaking of the best of times. It's, it's our favorite part of the show before we, before we do the final, final part of the show. We have games to predict. Richard, did you dig up last year's numbers? You know what? I did not. Good, next time good, we, good, because next I, time we meet. <laughs> no, no, I, I don't want to embarrass you guys because of how bad I probably kicked your butt last year. I, I just, I, I know if I, I have my unofficial tally um, that I keep um, right in the noggin. So I'm, it's really close. It's probably better we don't talk about it for your guys' sake. I don't want to embarrass you. You know, I don't like embarrassing my co-hosts, uh, especially the the producer who makes us sound good. Um, so I, it's okay. Don't don't do it. Let's just go on. You know, New Year, twenty twenty one. Let's let's do it. New Year, new you. I, I get it. And uh, if I recall correctly, I don't remember the, the stats, but I believe you came in last in the first line. So uh, all right, let's hope you do a little bit better. But I did no, but. I may have come last in the weekly picks, but I had the Stanley Cup pick early on pegged. Okay. All right. I did. I did. Okay. You want to do Stanley Cup prediction or you want to do the games first? Yeah, no. Let's, let's go straight to, to Stanley Cup before we get to our Saturday picks. Um, and, and Adam, since you teased us at the very beginning of this episode, I want to know who do you have as your Stanley Cup champion? Stanley, I'm, going, I'm going with Colorado. I'm going right in your backyard there. I, I think Bednar is phenomenal. I think the college schedule is going to play into him. Um, I think the fact that they have uh, more than one line adds depth to the weekend series type thing. Um, I, 
I think that they've got good enough goaltending. And I also think that they are going to be able to make moves in season if they want. Um, they have some space when it comes to the salary cap to get better. So that's my pick, the Colorado Avalanche. All right. Lonnie, who do you have? Uh, he's got the right division. He's got the wrong team. Vegas Golden Knights. Ooh. With absolutely no cap space to make a move, yeah. so you better hope it works out. <laughs> but, but you know, I mean, the Petrangelo signing was the biggest splash in the offseason uh, to go with a team that is really, really well-positioned, um, really good, fun at young forwards up and down that uh you know, in that of the 13, they're going to throw out there. Um, so I'm, I'm going to, and again, I think the coach is right for the, uh, the situation. So I'm going with Vegas. Who, okay. Which goalie is in the cup winning game for them? Oh, right. Laner. Okay. Okay. Richard, what's your prediction? Oh man. I mean, I was going to go with Colorado, but Adam, since since you uh, picked them, I feel like I feel obligated to have to go with somebody else. Um, I really like the West, but really only think two teams, Colorado and Vegas, are the biggest contenders out of that division. Um, I'm I'm going to go East. I'm going to go with the Eastern Division. Actually, no, I guess they're uh, which we'll go with Tampa Bay. <laughs> That's they're central, in the Central Division. Central. Yeah. They're, they're, in the southeast, they're in the southeast yeah. subdivision of the central of division. The, yeah, right. That's right. Okay, but I'm going Tampa, repeat of the cup. Repeat? We haven't had one of those since, I don't know, some crappy team won back-to-back, I think. Don't, don't know who that was. Um, I, you know, who do you have? Here's the problem. It's hard to say, like, who do you have in the final against them because we don't have conferences. Yeah, we, we don't know who the conference <laughs> champions are going to be because they're, yeah. You know, um, yeah, so it, it's, yeah, I don't even know who to say that. So, yeah, um, I, I do think, I, I will do another sub-prediction. I think a Canadian team makes the Stanley Cup final. Oh, okay. Well, then who comes out of the North to play uh, Colorado? Why does it have to be the North? Why can't it be the East? Because there's no Canadian teams in the East. Correct. You said oh, there's a Colorado. Oh, you said there's a Canadian oh, North, right, team. Right, right, sorry, sorry. Play. I thought I yeah. You know, the, uh, who? I don't know. I I was <laughs> Toronto's the, uh, Toronto's the sexy pick, but I, I I think Edmonton can make noise. I do. Okay. I do. That'd um, be an interesting cup. If if Carey Price remains healthy, I think Montreal can make noise. I mean, everybody but Ottawa to me can make noise in that division. But uh, yeah, they're way to put me on the spot. But yeah, yeah, yeah there you go. You're welcome. Okay, all right. Well, let's let's get to our weekly picks. Where's yeah. we need fancy music for this one of these times. You know, what? I got a guy. You got a guy. I'll get him on it. I, let's get Zach a guy. Sloan, if you're listening, I know you are. Get us some uh, some fancy music for this. Okay. All right. Uh, so it, it's been a while. I feel a little rusty, but um, let's get this thing going. Our weekly Saturday picks. These are all games happening on. Uh, Saturday, January 16th. If you want to watch along, see how you do against us, as I know, listeners, you always do. Um, feel free to do so. I got five games for us. I'm going to go around the horn here real quick. Uh, first game, San Jose at Arizona. I'm going to start with Lonnie. What do you got in this one? Uh, I'm going to go with the Coyotes here. All right. Adam. Arizona. Okay, um, I'm going to go San Jose just to be uh, contrary to you guys. I, I think it's going to be Arizona, but you know what? I'll no, go you, can't, you can't do Just because you go third, you can't play the catch. You can't do that. That's pick, cheating. Pick to win. I, so I, what if we have the same team? No, it, it, i got to make it interesting. Right? If we pick all the same, it's not that interesting. Um, second game, Montreal at Edmonton. Adam, who do you got? Montreal, see, so here's the interesting thing. We're going to mention this a ton this year. This is the only, like, major time zone stuff we got to worry about is this division, you know, and and where did they come from and and all that. Uh, That being said, I I just, I like Edmonton. Um, I think, you know, Montreal's got a tough series, you know, and the weird thing is they don't have series necessarily in the North either. They're not as series, 
as as the other ones are. Another schedule quirk. Yeah. All right. Lonnie, who do you got? Oh, um, I take Montreal. Okay. I'm going with Edmonton. Uh, I know they didn't. Uh, well, they didn't really show up uh, terribly hard against uh, Vancouver, but I still have faith in them. All right, game number three: New York Islanders at New York Rangers, the Battle of New York City ish. Um, the 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 debut weekend of Alex Lafreniere, who is uh, yeah. supposedly going to be a big deal. It's the rumor. Okay, that's that's what I hear. Adam, who you got? Uh, I am going to go with the Islanders because I think the Rangers win the opener and I think the Islanders get the split. Okay. Lonnie. Oh, I think the Islanders, I think they're probably the best coach team in the East. Okay. Uh, you know, I, I know I said I'd go opposite you guys, but I'm, I'm going to stick here. I, I am a true believer in trots. I like him. I'm going Islanders as well. All right. Game number four, Columbus Blue Jackets at Nashville Predators. You pick first. All right. I'm going uh, Nashville. I'm going to go not Columbus until further notice. Are they the new Ottawa? <laughs> no, it's a short-term thing because that, that's, that's some chemistry. You, you just got unhappy people right now. Right. Yeah. I think I think you're gonna have uh, a lot of me ice time type situations on that team to get out of their type situation. So I'll take Nashville. <laughs> okay, Lonnie, who you got? Got to take Nashville. I, call, I mean, Tortorella on the eve. Just I, I can't get over this stupidity on the eve of the season to tear <laughs> to to basically turn your team upside down. I don't understand you're, it. Not your number one set, like not a center, not a forward. Your right. number one center yeah. who just signed an extension, who has no trade protections and yes. very friendly to your five each. Yes. Uh, that's a steal for somebody if they want to pay up. It's I don't know what you're doing, but Nashville. Okay, last game is going to be the last game of the evening to start Vancouver at Calgary. I'll go first, Vancouver. Lonnie? Lonnie? Uh, I'm going to go with Vancouver too, Adam. You mentioned the uh, the time zone situation. Calgary's uh, flying in from Winnipeg uh, out to the West Coast. So I'm going to take – or back home at least, sorry. Uh, they have to travel a little bit further. I'm going to go with the uh, the Canucks. I'm I'm going to go with Vancouver. Or sorry, I mean uh, Calgary. I, I don't think the yeah. I mean I don't, I don't think the travel is going to be that bad. They do have a day off. It's not a back to back. But I, I like Calgary. I do. That'll be on the good old NHL Network on Saturday night for those folks. So stay up and watch. A quadruple header, by the way, Saturday on the NHL Network. Just a heads up. Ooh, one, nice. Yeah, one four seven and ten Eastern. It could be a fun afternoon. Kick off the first weekend of the season. Yeah, you know it's. I'm I'm a little upset that there's not more NBC Sports games that are on i think you know it is what it is with the package but you know i think every night uh, in the first uh, week of the season there's either uh nhl nbc sports or both of course i mean up north it they've got every game on um, yeah. most of their networks uh, so. uh, monday for mlk day there's the nbcsn quadruple header yeah, we were used to, a tr- I believe they've done triple headers in the past, if I remember correctly, but I think this is the fourth quadruple, but, but, you know, amongst them all. I mean, they're uh, probably, you're probably looking at jumping into the third game a little bit late, because uh, right now it's uh, noon Eastern it, and then 5, 7.30 and 10. So yeah, you, may, kinda, you may jump in a little weird. bit late on those last two. It's a li- it's a little weird they didn't position a game earlier, you know, like like a four or three o'clock yeah. Eastern start yeah. type there and space them out. But yeah, Columbus, Detroit, uh, Boston, New York, Buffalo, Philly, Arizona, Vegas. By the way, guys, uh, just as of note here as we wrap up, uh, Willie O'Ree is going to be honored on MLK Day mm-hmm. with all the teams with the decal, and then Boston's going to retire his number later in the season. So uh, congratulations to the O'Ree family and all that. So pretty big honor for him, and uh, good to see the NHL doing that. Of course, he broke. He is the Jackie Robinson, if you will, for those who know the Jackie Robinson of hockey. That's right, and uh, is known for breaking the color barrier. So, by the way, that uh, MLK Day, I think that that nightcap, that Arizona Vegas game, could be the best game of the four. 
That could be fun. Oh, I think it's we'll, no question that's the best game in the world. We'll we'll learn a lot about the Devil Dogs, the Desert Dogs uh, by the end of the night. Yes. Oh, I think uh, yeah. Boston and the Islanders. Uh, there's some potential there for. Yeah. I, oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. Get, get a little spicy too. Yeah. Arizona Vegas. Oh yeah. Spicy's gonna be. I I can't wait to see how spicy things get oh, early yeah. in the season with these yeah. with the schedule. So. Parting shots is how we always end the first line edition, Mr. Producer. All right. Um, Lonnie, thanks for uh, reminding me that there is a quadruple header on my birthday. So thank you. Um, I, I, this is just kind of a thought I had the other day. Uh, I went to Target and picked up a, a new abs hat because the other one I had was old, gross, and sweaty. Um, and I, I just got thinking that really – Hockey is the only professional sport where they don't, uh, they have officially licensed hats, but they're not terribly regulated. You don't see them on the sidelines, you know, outside of the, uh, the backup goaltender. Um, so I kind of like that, that, you know, you kind of have your pick and choose. If, if you get one, that's not, you know, officially licensed from the team or it's licensed from the league, but not what they wear, whatever. They look pretty good. So you get a good variety of stuff. So that's just kind of my random thought. That is, I mean, that, that may be one of the most random, I didn't see it coming thoughts on the first line edition. Yeah, you're welcome. I, th- yeah. It's, it's, <laughs> it's, I, and by the way, happy early birthday. Oh, thank you. What are you going to finally be 30? Uh, I'm finally going to enter my late thirties. <laughs> so, okay. So what do you, okay. Is that 36? 37. Okay. Yeah, 36 is still mid-30s. Mid. Mid, yeah. Yeah, 34, 35, 36 is mid. 34, 35, 36. I think you're in mid-30s. Yes. So, Lonnie, thought? Uh, There were two really fantastic pieces of content put out um, in the hockey world this uh, this week. Um, The first by NBC Sports to kick off the coverage yesterday, the Doc Emmerich uh, narrated video, I thought was really excellent. Um... Not just, I mean, not just because it's Doc, but as a way to kick off the season. And it was great to bring Doc's voice uh, into the season, even if we're not going to hear it really outside of these special sort of touches. But it was, I thought, really well done. The other was um, was the video the Red Wings put out as an organization announcing Dylan Larkin as the 37th captain in team history. Um, and they had videos of... Uh, interviews that have been done with uh, Alex Del Vecchio, Gordie Howe, uh, Ted Lindsay, Steve Eiserman, uh, Henrik Zetterberg, Nicholas Lidstrom, talking about what it meant to wear the C in Detroit, and it was it, it was it was a, it was emotional. It was a really I think everybody sort of knew in Detroit that it was going to be Larkin, and uh, the way they unveiled it, I thought was really nice and really uh, it was just a really special way to do it and. You know, he's a Detroit native. Uh, he's, I believe I saw he was the first Michigan high school kid to be a uh, captain of an NHL team, if, uh, if, if that is correct. Uh, he went to the high school I graduated from many, many years ago. Uh, he also went there because he was part of the uh, national development team program. But he uh, grew up in suburban Detroit, and uh, it, it's a very cool honor for him as a lifelong Detroiter, and it was just great presentation to uh, unveil it. Mine, uh, mine's going to be. I'm going to steal from PTI Happy Trails, um, guys. It, you're you're going to be shocked because just of you're going to go, oh wow, timing. It, it hasn't been that long. Under the radar, a couple days ago, Jay Bomeister announced his retirement officially. Um, it, it was only 11 months ago. It was February 11th of 2020 when he collapsed on the bench in Anaheim during a cardiac episode. Think about that, guys. It was last season, pre, pre-world going to hell type situation. Um, interesting quote when asked, uh, and this was in The Athletic, Pierre Lebrun had it. He asked him about, did, did he know oh, what is, he goes, oh yeah, I knew I was done essentially when it happened, to be quite honest. That was sobering for me to read that quote, you know, of kind of in the moment. But uh, congratulations to him on a great career. I mean, this is one of the smoothest skaters. I think skating ability-wise, I think he was highly underrated. I don't think people realize how smooth of a skater he was. Bo Meester was just so good on his skates. So happy retirement to him. Well-deserved um, as he uh, takes care of his health 
in the next phase of his life. And I, you know, we'll, we'll see if he stays around hockey in some way, shape or form. Um, one other happy, happy trails, uh, totally stealing. I swear to God from PTI. I know. Um, bye. Mulked Mulberry. <laughs> <laughs> I was waiting for one of you two to, to just bring that up. There it is. Yep. He's, he's officially gone. <laughs> I thought he was gone, but, and the, the other, they trade a, a guy who's kind of a crotchety to a malcontent and, in his replacement on the desk and some coach that used to coach in Detroit and Toronto. But he won a but he won a gold medal. He won. So then (laughs) then Sportsnet can hire him. That's right. He's not American. Uh, Listen, don't don't go listen. Don't don't don't, we don't need you be in the American Don Cherry here. He didn't win my gold medal. That's true. But he won my Stanley Cup, so I'm okay. Okay, so you can listen. That's right. For my co-host, Lonnie Goldsmith, for our producer, Richard Cote, this is Anna Minnick. Once again, check out the Chicago Wolves store, chicagowolvesstore.com. PHN15 is the code. Proud sponsor of the Pro Hockey News, Pod- Pro Hockey News Podcast. Edit that out, Richard. Goodbye, everybody. <laughs> <laughs>